0: You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast. This segment is brought to you by Alan Gray, 50 years of long-term investing. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. I don't have children yet, and when I saw uh, the cost of school fees, there was, there was a friend of mine who sent me a uh, spreadsheet or a little table of the private school tuition uh, for the 2024 year, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Hilton College that topped that list at three hundred and ninety seven thousand rand for a single year of tuition. I felt nauseous just looking at that number, and I wondered... What happens when... I do decide to have children because you, you, everybody, every parent, whether you have children now or whether you don't have children, you want the best for your children and you want to send them to the best quality schools. And with that comes investing in education. And when you look to invest in education, it's always a conundrum. Uh, where do you send the kids to school? When do you start saving? How do you save? How much do you need to save? And there's so many different questions. And hopefully today we've got those answers or at least some of those answers. I'm joined on the line by the Group Savings and Investment Specialist at Alan Gray, Misha Townsend and to take a look at uh, investing in education and investing in the best education. Uh, Good evening, Misha. Thanks so much for taking the time. Where do you start when you think about um, educational investments, and especially if you're looking at it from a long-term perspective, as someone, as I said, who who hasn't got children yet, these questions come up and you say, okay, do I then start a portfolio when uh, the child is born? Do I then build a portfolio? um, And how is that portfolio going to be managed? And where do we start with this whole conversation?
1: Thanks, Jimmy. So that's some great questions. So with most types of investing and sort of saving for education being no different, the general rule is the earlier you start saving, the better. So some people might start from the day their child's born. Some people might even start before the child's born. But really what's important here is that time is your best friend when you're investing. So the longer the period you have to save, the more time your money has to grow. So yesterday is always the best day when you could have started saving, really.
0: <laughs> and time being your best friend means that inflation becomes your greatest adversary because over time the the inflation rate will aim to erode the the savings that you build up or the investments that you build up. And it's always important when looking at your investments to take that into account, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so inflation is is definitely a, a big enemy here. And we all know that things are getting more expensive year-on-year, um, year, and the past couple of years, particularly, have been um, quite difficult from that side. But what makes education saving even harder is that we find that the general rate of education inflation is actually usually two or three percent above. Um, normal consumer inflation. So those costs are actually rising even quicker. And so what you also need to do when you're investing is not just save money and put it aside, you actually need to find ways to make that money work hard for you. And one of the best tools we have in order to beat inflation, so that's what we call getting a real return, is you need to invest some of that money in your slightly riskier assets. So that would typically be your equities, which have the greatest potential over the long term for beating inflation. And then you want to make sure you have diversification. So not just equities in the country, in South Africa, but also some exposure to overseas companies and offshore investments as well.
0: Misha, what are the benefits to looking at um, a, a future fund uh, earlier rather than later? Obviously, we we said that the biggest um, aid or the biggest help along that is time. But what are the strategic benefits to being able to compound uh, for a longer period?
1: So the longer that you you have time to compound, essentially the less work that you actually have to do. So if you think of the amount that you would need to save in totality for your child's education, compounding gets you some of that return. So you don't actually have to save all of that amount yourself and that can make it a little bit less scary when you start thinking of of those sums if you are thinking of a Hilton (laughs) uh, for example.
0: Mm. Misha when do we start or how do we have the conversation from an advisory point of view obviously speaking to financial advisors you sit down and you do uh, financial planning you do retirement planning and all of that where does the educational planning fit in uh, whether it's pre-having children or after you've had children, how does that conversation sort of mix in with the rest of the conversations and not uh, sort of sit on its own on the side?
1: No, it's very much part of that conversation. So all aspects of your finances essentially need to form part of that conversation. So if you have an advisor, those are the kind of questions they would be asking you, whether you have children, have you started saving, and then Knowing how much your other expenses are and what other commitments you have, they can put together a plan that is A, actually going to be able is going to be something that you're going to be able to stick to and something that you can work with and b that is actually going to help you reach your goals and then what they can also help with is regular check-ins on that because although the plan might be correct today you might need to adjust that as your circumstances change or your needs change or your goals change as you go along
0: speaking of circumstances and goals changing um Hypothetical situation. I have decided not to send my children to Hilton uh, College anymore. I would like to send them overseas to study. Uh, What factors do I then need to build into my educational planning to account for things like uh, a difference in exchange rate or a difference in cost of living? Um, Is that something that comes into the the planning process or even the saving process to say, okay, you've now shifted to say you're including offshore opportunities from an educational perspective, and that's a different conversation.
1: Yes, that is a very different conversation, because what will happen in that instance is you're going to have your bills and your expenses in a different currency, maybe pounds, dollars, or or wherever that foreign country is. And over the past several years, the RAND has been depreciating year on year. So every year you need more RAND to buy $1. So if you are going to have bills in a future currency, you want to have some savings and investment in that future currency. And that makes the the spending a little bit more palatable. So that's where you would start to build up an offshore portfolio and have some exposure to those offshore investments and offshore currencies.
0: I suppose it also it does carry a lot of benefits to build an offshore portfolio, even if you are staying onshore, because if the anticipation is that the rand will continue to weaken, it then means that your future currency would effectively remain stronger than your local currency. Is that not the case?
1: That is very much the case. And so it's never, it's never a bad thing to have more options. So having whether that pot ends up actually being for education, it does mean you have this rainy day pot that you can use for something else if the RAND does continue to weaken.
0: Misha, where do we get started with all of this? Um, do, do we speak to a financial advisor first? Do we start looking at schools to identify what we want to set the goal as? Or... Um, as you said, it's it's never too early to start. But where? Yeah,
1: you can definitely if you if you already have a financial advisor, you can start having those conversations with them, uh, and then they can sort of guide you as to what information you start need to start needing to collect. Um, and if you don't have a financial advisor, you can also call in to an Alan Gray, for example, or other financial providers, and they can assist that process. Um, you know, the more information you have, the more research you can do, the more power you will have
0: the more power you will have. Time is your friend. Make the most of it. We'll leave it at that, Misha. Thanks so much for those insights. It's Misha Townsend, Group Savings and Investment Specialist at Alan Gray, joining me to take a look at investing in education. This segment was brought to you by Alan Gray. 50 years of long-term investing. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider.
1: You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m.,